This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. Glad to be back. I missed last week. I was fishing the Hobie BOS I didn't have time to record. Actually, the guest that I have today, Cody Henley, who won the 10 Invitational, I was trying to get him scheduled uh, for last week's show, but he's been fishing, fish, fish, uh, busy fishing. I forgot to speak English for a second. He's been busy fishing for the last couple of weeks, the 10 KBF fishing the Bass Nation Kayak Series or Bassmaster Kayak Series. Now, just when I'm used to now saying Bass Nation Kayak Series, they change it to Bassmaster Kayak Series, of course. So it'll take me a while to get it back to what I used to, used to say it. But And then the Hobie BOS. So this guy's been pretty busy, um, and he's won a ton of money. And we're going to talk now about the 10, which is what I originally wanted to bring him for. If you want to listen to what he did on the Hobie BOS, go check out last week's episode where I was a guest host um, with Dan Perry, and we talked – to the top two on the Hobie BOS in Toledo Bend, which was Rolando Nandine and Cody Henley, my guest for the day. So before we get into Cody Henley, just a brief recap of my weekend. As you, most of you know, I fished the Hobie BOS at Toledo Bend. I had an amazing time. Um, it was my first time fishing a Hobie event. I am super impressed with what AJ um, has done with the Hobie BOS as a tournament director and the organization as it, you know, as it pertains to organizing tournaments. Um, it was the first uh, live captain meetings since COVID started. So it was sold out, 200 anglers. Um, great food, um, great communication from uh, AJ. Um, I'm, I'm one of those guys where I got used to doing the online captains meetings on Facebook. So I didn't really pay much attention other than, you know, What's the what's the code that I have to put on my tag for the pictures? So, and that's 
not that really is a mistake. Please don't follow that. My advice, not my advice. Don't follow my lead on that. Always listen to your captain's meeting, whether it's virtual or in live. So this was my first in live captain meeting for a national event. Um, no, sorry, that's not true. I did the online. I did the live captain's meeting for the KBF trail in uh, Trinidad River last year. But anyways, very impressed with uh, what was said. Um, the emphasis on taking care of each other and um, safety and going over the rules. A lot of stuff. Um, it was a lot longer than I expected, but it um, it's, didn't bother me at all. Um, great use of time. Great food. Um, it was great catching up with everybody. It was great talking to people that I've had on my podcast that I never met face to face. So I was very happy for that. Um, anyways, as far as the tournament goes, day one was horrible. For me, my spot was really blown out. Uh, you know, what can I say? Uh, no excuses, but I really was not able to fish to my strength. Uh, got into a creek, deep into a creek to escape um, the wind. Found a fish. Thought I was going to find more, but then I ran into some um, Texas slash Louisiana gators and made a business decision. Decided I'd rather face the wind than face a gator. Um, so, anyways. That was day one. Day two, uh, it was sunny, um, cold, but not as windy. And I spent most of the day um, fishing docks, flipping on docks, got two on docks. And then I got one um, on a square bill, banging it against um, some offshore rocky points. But that was it. Um, I really wanted to fish day two, even though I only caught one because my competitive side, I have no quit on me. And I really wanted to, you know, keep testing myself and improving myself. Part of me just wanted to go home, but part of me just wanted to compete. I will say this, um, and I've learned this uh, from talking to other anglers. If you not have a chance to get in the money on day one, a lot of them like to leave on day two and not fish because they don't want to interrupt what people that are fishing for money on day two or have an actual shot of winning money. You don't want to interrupt what they're doing because really, I, if you're not going to be in the money no matter what, then what's the point of interrupting or kind of um, spoiling somebody's spot that um, really has a chance to make some money or even win the event. I was very uh, considering that there was on my first day, I didn't see anybody fishing my spot. Second day I switched spots. There was a lot of kayak anglers. I made it a point. If I came across one, I would let her know, Hey, listen, I'm not in the money. If you want this spot, have it. I'll leave. Um, and just communications. And that's my advice to you. You know, if you're going to ever fish a national event or even a local event that's two days and you really don't have a shot of baiting in the money, but you still want to fish the second day, you know, be considered to those anglers that have a shot in winning money. Um, and communication is a big thing, you know. I, for one, maybe could have caught five fish. I There was about three occasions where I actually left the spot and left the spot to somebody that was um, looking to catch a check. So, anyways, that's my advice to you. Enough about me. Let's go and bring in my uh, next guest, Cody Hangley. Before we do that, go check out my sponsor, Douglas Rock. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup, LRS, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods. We'll go to a quick commercial. We'll, be Cody. we'll bring Cody Hangley right in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Mr. Cody Henley, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Very good, man. Nice to talk to you today. We just recorded yesterday for the um, for the reel down for um, your second place on the Hobie BOS, and Rolando Nadine was also there. So glad to have you again, man. Uh, and again, I am glad to be here. Thank you. Um, you've won a ton of money. I'm not going to say how much because that's none of my business, but you've won a ton of money in the last two weeks. How are you feeling? I mean, give us a rundown. Before we get into the 10, give us a rundown of the placements you've had over, you know, over the last two weeks between the KBF, the OB, and the Bass. Okay. Uh, first tournament trail for me was going down to uh, Kissimmee. Uh, day one of the trail got completely, and we can talk about this more, but got completely blown out of where I wanted to go and uh, had to go just some random spot that I'd never been and got lucky and found some fish found some buck bass and I called uh, I think like 79 inches took 14th on the day one trail but obviously the pro series the Timbitational was all together mm-hmm. and uh, ended up doing really good on the next day and actually uh, won that KBF trail so I took a first there I came in second on the pro series and I came in second on the Timbitational uh, we had a day off and uh, the 10 started Tuesday and Wednesday uh, day one was sitting in first place on the 10 and then day two, I just finished it off. and did really good again, man. And uh, won the 10 left and uh, on our way to fork, we were going to have one practice day and uh, I'd mess with Chad. I was like, I called Chad. I'm like, Hey man, uh, when I win the 10, this is like on the drive down. When I win the 10, uh, y'all going to have to interview me afterwards or what? Because I, I got to go. And he laughed, you know, and it was just, I was just messing with him. And uh, he's like, no, nah, you can go wherever you got to go. So we ended up leaving and uh, headed down to Fork. And I just I wanted to stop and see my grandparents. They're not doing the best. And my mom's there, and she – she I lost my dad when I was 13 in a car wreck. So she's kind of all by herself. She doesn't have anyone there but her parents. So I surprised them and, and just showed up at their house. Well, that blew our whole pre-fishing day out. So Friday was going to be our day to pre-fish and we showed up and I don't want to say we were just like super cocky that we can catch fish, man. We get out there on day one and we literally had to break ice to get on the water. I'm like, this is not good. And, uh, we just, I just could not find anything over 40 degrees. I chunked, I tried to turn on my pan panoptics like we talked about Rolando the other day. And I've just not figured that thing out yet. And uh, I didn't get a single fish on day one. I got completely skunked. Day two, I did a lot more research and uh, looked a lot more stuff on the map and uh, just s- s- dialed in Google Maps as much as I could and found some secondary points in the back of a, on the edge of the main channel, but on the creek. And uh, it worked out. I say it worked out. It really didn't work out. It, I literally caught two fish, but I was throwing a, 
a three eighths ounce jackhammer and uh, pulled up on a spot and called uh, a 19, turned around and called another 18 and a half. And then like, on, this was day two and I'm sitting in 30th place out of 150. Mm-hmm. Started to freak out. I'm like, I can get the money. And uh, I didn't catch a fish the rest of the day. So yeah, I took a 50th or a 60th out of 160 anglers with two fish in that tournament, which obviously isn't good, but uh, the people down there crushed them. Holy cow, dude, they got on them fish. And then obviously it went to the Hobie BOS and we were there Tuesday and uh, pre-fished Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, day one sitting in fifth and then finalized day two, I took second place. Nice. Congratulations again. Thanks. I'm sure you made the white happy with all those paychecks. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> what do you say, honey? Were you pretty happy with all those checks? She said, yeah. <laughs> Makes it easier to spend money on tackle when you do. It definitely does. It definitely well, does. It's going before we start the 10, you know what I, I thought it was interesting is, and I was reference a little bit about you know if you're fishing a two-day tournament if you get skunk on day one you don't have a chance of making money on day two do you really fish because i know a lot of guys don't fish it me because yeah. i'm trying to learn i'm gonna take every experience that i have and the and second of all i you know there's i don't have quit in me i i like i thought about leaving on day two to little ben and just going home but i was like i can't do it i couldn't leave with myself even if i know i'm not gonna win any money but the hope the bass bass master kayak station in Lake Fork, completely different. You could have skunk on day one and still get a nice check if you get a nice bag on day two. Like, it was that crazy. I've yeah. never seen a tournament where you can just no. skunk and then second day, you know, I can still catch a check. Yeah, you know? no, I've never. I mean, like, 30th place had 77 inches. That just shows you. Like, the fish that I, the two fish that I had did catch, I was set up to easily have a 90-inch day. 90 inches would have put me in like 20th place, you know, not a huge check, but I mean, still in contention, but I'm kind of the same with you, man. If, if I get, and I haven't, I don't want to jinx myself because I'm probably going to jinx myself. I haven't fished a ton of two day tournaments, probably like maybe 10. I've never got skunked on day one, but I think I'd be in the same position as you, man. I really feel like if I was, skunked on day one and i'm going to my same spot i would ask around like hey guys where are you gonna fish you know i'm not gonna blow your spot out and catch all these fish and then just ruin it for you you know i mean because i've been in that situation before where people are are right in front of me and they didn't even put their they got 20 inches on day one and we're sitting at 96 97 you know it's like what and i'm not i don't i try not to be rude sometimes it gets under my skin a little bit but for the most part every kayak angler that i've met like they're like, hey man, I'm not in the money. They're they'll go, they'll say that, you know. So I was like, dang, dude, you won't see that from no boat guys. I'm sorry to say, but you ain't gonna find that no. from no boat guy. And heck, I the first the my spot that I went the first the first day I had was totally by myself, probably because nobody was as stupid as I was to go to <laughs> considering the wind. That's probably the main reason. Um, but day two is like, God, leave kayak English everywhere. And I really don't want to ruin this for anybody. So I, all the time, I mean, I left like three spots. I even went up, hey, man, I, I'm, you in the money, I'm leaving. You can have that spot. By the way, I caught him with this, this, and this. If you want to give it a try, give it a try. If not, um, hopefully somebody caught him. Yeah, and I think that's a cool way to be, you know, like, yeah. especially with this. This is my full-time job. Like, this is what I do for a living, you know. So any anything where people try to bend the rule or anything like that, you know, I just – 
I just take it super personal, man. Like that's hard for me. Like I'm, I'm providing for my wife and not anytime soon kids, but providing for my family, you know? Yeah. So I think that's awesome, man. True. And again, I don't say it to kind of like, uh, lift myself about anybody else. I just, I think that's how everybody should, should approach. Well, it. you're opinion. up there, man. So you're, you're, you're... <laughs> I, hey, if I can be a, a good angler, at least I can be a good guy on the water. <laughs> Right. That's right, man. But another thing that I thought interesting is Lake Fork and Toledo Bend are just a couple of hours, probably like two hour drive between probably less. Yeah. They're one week apart. And the difference in like Toledo Bend was as top heavy as you can possibly be on a turn. Like the top three, you know, I think are the only ones that caught like uh, uh, full limits on both days. And then you got... Toledo Bend, which pretty much everybody and their mother caught a... a, a, a 100, 101 people caught a on limit the, on day on one. First, and then, yes. And yes. then 60 caught a limit. Or it was 60 or 40 caught a limit on day two. Yes. And I think in total, like, yeah, something like 80... I can't remember, but it was a ton of people that caught yeah. both Huge limits. difference. And yes. And I would have thought... I was, And I was talking to Ryan Lambert about it and Blake Knight... Um, and Blake Knight was saying the same thing that I was saying. I think, like, it's going to take 200 inches to win Toledo, Ben. And Ryan Lambert was like, nah, it's going to take 186. It took less than that. It took, like, 175. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Just to think, think those two lakes that are neighboring lakes at yeah. one week apart and how different they, they got fished. I think uh, a, a big thing that has to do with it, in both those places, let's say before both of those cold front came in, all those fish were ready. Their metabolisms yeah. had moved up and half of them had pushed up and some of them are already sitting on the bank or some of them are going to those staging areas and prepared, like getting there, that cold front came in and just shocked them. And we were in the middle of the shock on fork, right? Yeah. So they want to move. I mean, I literally caught that 19 incher in six inches of water, six inches of water in 44 degree water temperatures. Yeah. Like that is just shocking to me. But when that, when that cold front left, we had a warming streak going into yeah. Toledo Bend. So for them, like any type of wreck, and if they're up shallow, they get to feel that warming so much more. The sun was out all week long, and they're like, oh, it's time. And then that cold front came in again, and you saw how that bike dwindled, just yeah. got tough. So I think that played a huge part in it. Yeah, changing conditions, especially transition seasons in Texas. Yep. All three tournaments yeah. that I fished, a cold front hit. Oh yeah, the you day got them because Florida the, the ten, yeah. Every one of them, it was, dude, it was miserable. I'm not even going to pretend <laughs> like, yeah, dude. My wife says it's me, so I left Florida. I in the, or left to go to Florida. It was 78, 80 degrees. I get there, it just dwindled down and got terrible. Left Texas was great. I left there to go there. It just got terrible. Then Louisiana was good, and then tournament day done. <laughs> I called my wife on the way home, and she's like. I think all the ice is melting. I don't think you're going to be able to do any more ice fishing tours when you get home. So I'm like, no way there's 15 inches of ice that's melted. And I get here and she, and she sends me a picture of the temperature and it was 52. I rolled up in here. It's snowing. <laughs> Would you change your name to Jack Frost? Yeah, man, that's it. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, going back to the 10 man, let's take me through. Um, I know you, there was a couple of tournaments in conjunction, but I don't want to with that. Um, but let's focus on the 10. Tell me about 
um, the lake? Where did, what was where was the tent? What lake was it? And okay. how did you feel going into it? So I'm going to kind of have to branch off of the previous tournaments because it's a it's a chain of lakes. So okay. you have ten, nine to ten different lakes that you can fish. So practice for me was kind of tough. I'm not even going to lie and say it wasn't. I went to all the small lakes, the sleeper lakes. I always go to those first just because if I do find something, I'll leave them alone and go somewhere else. And, uh, dude, on the sleeper lakes, I found a decent bite on East Toho, but I just didn't catch anything big. And uh, so I went to the big lakes. I went to Big Toho. I went to Kissimmee. I got skunked. I caught like one fish and then got skunked. Like it was tough. Like there were huge bodies of water. Luckily I had my, uh, just got my Newport vessels motor put on. Oh my gosh, dude, that thing is unreal. There, there's not anywhere that you can't go. You'll hit the reeds full speed and you'll go anywhere that you want. And, uh, it helped out so much by covering water, but day one, I, I'm just going to talk a little bit about day one of the trail. I was actually going to go to Marion, and that's where I caught some really good fish. It's another small lake, and uh, this is where Ken Wood and Russ Snyder's battled it out for the previous year, 10, or maybe the one before that, and uh, kayakers were everywhere. I mean, everywhere, and like I told you last night on Finn, out on Finn, I don't do good with people, man, and it's something I have to work on. The winds were kicking, so I just took my chances. Uh, the week before, we had scheduled a photo shoot with a videographer with Yak Rods, my company that uh, does so much for me, literally the most amazing people in the world. And uh, we had already scheduled it for East Toho, and there wasn't really no going around it. And the boat was already on the water. We everything. Well, that day I called a six-pounder and a bunch of little fish, but I'm like, oh, I can catch a limit. So last minute, I decided to go there for the trail and got blown off. And then I ended up going there for day two trail and put up 97 inches. And uh, we took a day break and I went and explored that lake more right before the 10. And I just didn't think it was going to hold up for two days. I just didn't think not a single person in the 10 house. They were super nice, super cool people. Every one of them were phenomenal. Made a really good friend, made really good friends with all of them. Jimmy McClurk and Russ Snyders, Cody Milton, Matthew Scotch, all are just absolute hammers, but we'll straight up tell you what they were using, you know, or how they were catching them. And not a single person was going to East Toho. So it kind of had me a little, a little nervous, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, but that's me. Obviously, we talked about it last night. I freak out. I just freak out, dude. And uh day one of the 10, I uh started off in the morning and that cold front had rolled through the day before I get on the water and uh, two days before the water temps were 51 when I got on close to Toledo being like the exact same thing with the Hobie BOS and I get on the water and the water temperature is 44 degrees and those Florida strain I don't know if you've ever been to yep. Florida strain versus northern strain obviously those are different but Florida bass are two different species it's it's completely different like they are finicky fish and I don't, yeah. uh, they do get a lot of pressure too. So uh, day one, I went through and I found this little man, man-made cut channel that was right behind a set of reeds. I probably shouldn't say, well, I, it don't matter. I don't care. Well, <laughs> there'll be a couple of people out there next year with me too. If we go to the same place, I don't know. And uh, I would run that channel. That channel was only a uh, two mile stretch so the winds were picking up and the winds were moving. 
So I knew that the fish were active. So what I would do is I would go and there would be a boat dock channel from someone's backyard and it would open up into the main lake. So I would throw all, I would stop and pause and throw it all on that channel. But then my channel cut right in the middle of it too. So I would fish, it would, it would always drop down and they'd always be sitting down in that deep water. And uh, it did, did really good, man. The tournament ended on that day. They extended it, Chad extended it for us and gave us one more hour of pre-fishing. I mean, not pre-fishing of uh, actual tournament time. And we had nine hours on the water. And uh, by two o'clock I had 90 inches. And uh, I knew that I had to make a, a very, very hard decision for me is, is leaving fish. And uh, I went and explored. I went off and just put my poles up. And at two o'clock, I said, hey, I'm in it. I know that I'm in it. I looked at everyone. Everyone had submitted fish. So I knew they had service. And I knew that it was being broadcasted. So our live streamed every once in a while. So I knew people wanted to be, have their name up top. It's like, oh, blah, blah, blah is in the lead. And he's beating them by four inches. So uh, I made a, a just a split decision and I, I got off the water probably like an hour early and uh just said hey I, I i hope i saved enough fish for tomorrow and uh i day one i was sitting in first place with 90 inches and then mike elsie was right below me with like 88 so it, it was really a close playing field it wasn't like i ran off with it you know i didn't catch any huge fish like i literally caught 19s 18 19s 18 i ran that two mile stretch this is how slow that I fished. I started on the water that morning and I fished upwards and I never made it to the end of the two mile stretch. I just worked very, very slow and picked every piece of whether it was hot. It didn't matter, man. If I would find Kissimmee grass, if I would find any hydrillas, it was definitely the key, key player for me. But if you would see some Kissimmee grass in that middle channel, and then there would be one lily pad. I could a hundred percent call that I would catch a 16 to an 18 inch fish under every lily on day one. Wow. Crazy. But then, so going into day two, did it, you feel any pressure? Like, let me ask you this. Are you, are you more comfortable sitting on a second, third place spot where you feel like, okay, you know, I got nothing to lose. Or is it more pressure for you to fish from the front and being that being that you're going to day two with a lead going into first place? Because I think I've never been into that situation. Hopefully someday I will. Oh, <laughs> you I will, never, man. How does, I would think that when you're in day one, your thought process on day two is like, it's it's mine to win. I don't want to screw it up. How is it for you going going from day one to day two, knowing that you're in first place versus being second, third, fourth, fifth place? Dude, I'll be honest. It was nerve wracking, super super nerve wracking. That was probably the nervous I'd ever been. You know, because at the West Coast Championship in California, and at a Hobie BOS, my first ever one on the California Delta. I was sitting in fourth on the Delta in the Hobie BOS. And then I'm pretty sure at the West Coast Championship, I was sitting in like, I want to say ninth or 10th. I was a pretty good ways back there, actually. And uh, I wasn't that bad. I really wasn't that bad. I was just more calm and collective. And uh, the next day I put up a 100-inch bag, and it was the most insane and epic day of my life. You know, but the 10, dude, ooh, you want to talk about it. I don't think I slept that night, man. I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. All I could think about was 
Chad didn't turn the leaderboard on that night, so he wouldn't let us know where everyone was. So I didn't know if everyone was lying, if I was really that far ahead, or what was going on. And uh, I was nervous, man. It was a lot of pressure going into it. You know, I had – I checked my phone when I got off the water. I, I take calls during the – but I don't look at my messages to type up anything. I might say reply on my headset, but I don't type anything up. I had over 100 messages between uh, – uh, regular iMessages, Instagram, and Facebook. It was well over 100, probably close to 170, actually. And uh, all of them were just saying, good job, keep it up, tomorrow's the day. And it just put so much pressure on me, man. It was it was super hard. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That was way tougher for me being in first versus being in third, fourth, or fifth. Nice. So what, did you, what was your plan on day two? Uh, day two, I had uh, actually explored a little bit more and uh, on the practice day that we got off. And I went and explored some. And obviously, I try not to hook fish on the day before, ever. Like, I, I learned my lesson. I would always message my wife and be like, I'm on them. I'm on them, cuz. And I'd be holding these 24s and 23, well, more like 20s and 22s. But, and she, I never forget, she messaged me back. She's like, how about you stop catching those fish and actually save them for tournament day? And I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> and she was right, dude. So I really got honed in on that. So for my chatterbait, what I'll do is uh, I'm not going to cut a jackhammer or hook off. Um, and I don't like to use other chatterbaits because I know they have a different thump, right? Yeah. Whether it's the original projects, whatever. Yeah. And uh, what I do is I put a worm. I'll cut the head of a worm off and slide it over the hook. And I usually just fill that bad boy up with as much garlic or crawfish scent that I possibly can or shad scent. And I'm a firm believer in scent. I mean, firm. And uh, as soon as they stroke, smack it, I'll just click my button. You got to be pretty quick with it because you'll still hook some on accident. I'll click my button and they'll just take off running with it. And you can usually tell if it's like I'm no fish expert by all means. I'd like to say that I am, but you usually can tell, like you can pull back on a little bit and tell if it's a bigger fish or if it's a small fish. Usually for me, the small fish will just sit there and just kind of flurry around like very, very close spot. If that fish grabs that bad boy and runs with it, that's a big fish. In my opinion, like I could be completely wrong and someone correct me, but every one of these fish that I was hooking this new spot would just boom, take off running. I'm like, Oh, I got another spot. So day two uh, started for me really slow, really slow. Another cold front had came through, actually. So the water temps actually stayed the same, but it was bluebird skies. So the barometric pressure was up. Like all, all the fish pressure was just very, very hard. No wind at all. And uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in a chatterbait. You need to have wind. So I started to think, should I throw a wacky rig? Should I start flipping? Because I'd, I'd thrown that chatterbait all morning for two hours and hadn't got a bite. You know, on day one for me, third cast in, I caught a 16. Uh, maybe like seventh cast in, I caught an 18. So it was really quick. And at this point, I uh, I got nervous, man. I got super nervous. I'm like, I got I went into this with 90 inches, and I can't even catch a fish today. And then Chad called me and was like, hey, man, where are you? We're sending a drone out your way. You're still out there on East Toho? I'm like, yeah, I'm out here. I sent him the pen of where to go. And I was like, I just want to limit before he gets here. That's literally what I said. I just want to limit before he gets here. Because then I feel like the pressure of the drones watching you, the pressure of them, they're piling around trying to video you. Like they're going to spook. I just started to get kind of worried, man. And 
I was like, okay, I got to mix something up. Bluebird skies, the fish aren't in my channels. They're hiding. I know they're somewhere undercover. They, they're getting out of the shade. So I, I did the same thing Rolando did, man. I, I focused on the docks. And uh, every dock, it was weird because when the water gets low, you can't try, you can't pull your boat out from that dock because it's so shallow. I was only in two to four foot. So they dig these channels out to every single dock and it literally goes all the way to the main lake. So instead of fishing that little bitty channel and here's the reeds, like here's the reeds, I would fish the channel all the way to the guy's boat dock or the whoever's boat dock it was. And uh, every time I would get inside that channel, I would find a lily pad and I would put that torque my uh almost said torpedo my newport vessel motor owned uh like 20 15 20 percent and just humming them as quick many casts as i possibly could and within 15 minutes i had a limit of 14s and 16s so it went really quick i every time i would catch fish i would yell to the top of my lungs just screaming and shouting and i, I can't like i said i can't tell you how many times i was praying to, to our heavenly father and just to help me find these fish just God, this is all I'm asking. Like, this is the biggest tournament that I've ever experienced or been a part of. Please help me at least do good, you know? And it would seem like after I would say a prayer or, or say a prayer of gratitude, like he would just automatically, I would catch fish. Like it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. And, you know, that's, it was just, it was cool, man. And I, so I ended up getting a limit and I saw the drone flying over my head and, uh, started fishing really good the wind started to pick up we had about a seven uh, mile per hour east facing wind or coming from the wind for, coming from the east and um, what i had found was the more the sun came up the more these fish would literally push out from that channel going to the docks and they would go to those big set of reeds so if you would find lilies or anything out in these reeds it would make the wind was blowing so hard. It would make like a channel going into the reeds. And these fish were literally stacked up on every single lily pad and the wind. You could see like it would literally look like a mini river channel. And I would get back on the backside. I would like sneak around and literally every single cast, I would catch a fish. It was insane because uh, on day one, I actually found this spot at the end of the day, right before I decided to get off the water early and uh, I'm throwing my chatterbait and all of a sudden this was so hard for me too. And I, I kind of regret it too, cause I didn't catch this girl on day two, but I, I would say two, seven to eight pounders are coming in and my jackhammer, both one on each side and my jackhammer is literally right in front of them. And I freaked out, jerked the jackhammer out of the water and just got out of there and said, I'm saving you for tomorrow. Cause I, I didn't know how many fish would be there. And I went to that spot at the end of the day and uh, they weren't there, but I, I, I ended up slowly calling fish. I caught a five, I caught a 19, I caught another 18 and a half and a 17. So I had, I had decent, decent bag. I didn't have nothing huge. I think I ended with, I want to say 89 inches or, or right at 90 again, actually. So it was, it was pretty, pretty close to the same day as I had the day before. So what was your total bag for two days? Uh, can I look that up for you? Yeah, of course. That's a good thing about fishing chaos. I love Tony X. Dwayne is absolutely amazing. But with fishing chaos, you can go back and look at literally every every tournament you've ever fished. So my total, I had to have 90 because my total was uh, 
180.5. So day one, I had 90, no, day one, I had 90.75. And day two, I had 89.75. And then Jimmy McClurkin was right below me with 169. Wow. So now that you've won money, you know, side money apart, um, you won the 10, you won, uh, well, you got second place on Toledo Band. Um, yeah. What has been your favorite trail? So you did all three trails. Not, that's not counting. Obviously, the Bass Nation kayak series was not, you know, wasn't good for fishing. Yeah. But as far as being organized and the logistic behind how each trail was run, which one did you kind of put you on the spot here? Which one did you enjoy more? Just the organization part of it, not the fishing part of it, because that's just really depending on how it goes. But, you know, how did KBF organize Bass yeah. Nation and uh, Hobie BOS? No, for sure, man. You're just going to drop the bomb on me, huh? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I could pick a favorite between both of them. Uh, KBF and Hobie, 100% blow bass out of the water. Bass isn't even a competitor with these two. From, from what Chad and what AJ do for us is unbelievable. You know, I will say there was a bigger turnout for uh, Hobie. You know, I felt like things were a little bit bigger on the stage. You know, I felt like there were a little bit more things. But at the same time, the KBF 10 house was the most unbelievable thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like, dinner was made for us. Breakfast was made. Our lunch that we picked up out of the house and went on the water with, our sandwiches and our burritos were made for us. Everything was top notch like i can't even express like i don't think nothing compares to the 10 house I'll, I'll say that straightforward but like if we're talking tournament trails on that kvf and hobie are just phenomenal i feel like i feel like hobie is on a little bit different of a level you know i feel like they're they're like a really really elite series and you know i think chad's trying to come out with the pro series you know and and upgrade those series to get him an elite series kayak tournament trail you know so i think i think as we speak right now hobie is maybe a a step above you know they're this is their fifth year or third i don't know exactly but someone will correct me for sure but i mean they've been doing this a while man and to have a 200 angler event sold out in the next two tournaments are sold out i got like seven alarms on my phone for broken bow yeah i don't (laughs) if i miss that Oh, dude, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be upset. So, I don't know, man. I, I really do feel like in the the Hobie, they are like, they're up there. You know, they're with the pros. They're, dude, I've had three news articles call me. You know, Hobie's reached out to me. Like, they're running a a page on like getting all pictures from me. Like, it's just super cool. You know, but same time, Chad deserves a ton of credit too, man. What they've done for us is unreal. And how far KBF has came. You know, I feel like a lot of people had a bad taste in their mouth for KBF. Well, they're stupid because they don't know what they're missing out, man. It's just an absolutely amazing group of guys. Chad, his team, everyone is doing everything they can for us. And we need to do better as anglers and show up. You know, just because I won the KBF 10, DZ to them, Chad threw in two more tournament trails out west you know, just spur of the moment to give. He's like, I think there's so much talent hidden out there. And especially in California, dude, there's some freaking sticks out there, you know, and a lot of them don't travel the world. 
Yeah, no, it's and it's I I kind of understand not traveling out of California to other trails because it's I mean it's it's an investment, especially with gas. Oh, dude. But yeah, it's California a needs huge to, investment. Yeah, California needs to show up when when the national trail comes to California. Though. You're right. Yeah, they you, do. We, we you can't complain about not having national trail when only fifty show up when you do, and then You're like right. ten of them are people from out from not from California that actually traveled. Yeah, we had California. ten from Utah when yeah. Hobie came out there. You know, I'm like, why aren't y'all coming out west? I'm like, well, dude, if you have two hundred anglers showing up everywhere else in the world. Why are you gonna freaking go back to California and have fifty yeah. people show up? You're like, oh well, guys, we just wanted to show you some love since you've showed us so much love. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But yeah, man, I I fished the KBF Trail in Trinity River, and um, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, we we had a very nice dinner um at a Mexican restaurant. I mean, like two drink two drinks included, and actually yeah. alcoholic drinks, um, yeah. if I wanted to, and, and you know, nothing was you know you had one you know, one plate um, and it, nothing was off the menu. You could have had the most expensive or the cheapest plate that you wanted. Yeah. So I was pretty impressed with that. Um, and again, like I, I agree with you. I think the Hobie BOS um, is a little step notch above everything else right now. Yeah. It's different. I've, I'm in the theory that I think each organization is in it for different reasons. Like Hobie BOS it's Hobie brand and it's their way of kind of legitimizing their status as the best kayak fishing product out there. So no, they're, you're right. they're, they're not interested, not that they're not interested, but their focus is not that let's make money out of the Hobie BOS. They're like, I, I we just want to, and I'm, I'm not, I don't have facts here and I don't have numbers. My, my feeling is that they're more like they're happy to just break even as long as they're losing money because it's just building their brand up. It's guy. Oh, you're like giving, you're yeah, exactly right. Without having to pay for it. I'm actually you're, making some money off it. You're you're it's like marketplace, you know, yeah. like it's literally advertising across the entire world, you know, so they do, they do a phenomenal job. Like I've literally had, Almost three to four people reach out to me like, hey, can you give me a rundown of your story and send me all your pictures? We'd love to get you in our magazine. I'm like, yeah, you dang right. I will. What you want? Yeah. And and, that, and also one thing that I think it comes underrated is the fact that the BOS trail has a reputation for being such a great product. People that fish it are going to be, okay, well, if the brand Hobie is in it, if Hobie BOS trail is such a great product, then their kayaks are going to be a perfect, you know, it gives that, no, you're right. that, that rep, legitimacy, that reputation that this is the best product out there, both in the trail and in our kayaks. That's just my opinion. Now it could be wrong. Now Bassmaster is in it to actually make money. Like yeah. literally they're like, yeah, we, we, we all, our job is not to build a brand it's to actually host events and make yeah. money out of it. So it's, it's, it's different logistics. Um, you're you're right, and that's, that's why they're having the outcome that they're having. Yeah, but I mean, hopefully they'll. In my opinion, I've been I want to say outspoken, but I've shared my opinion on things that I like and I don't like about each trip. Yeah. That is feel like it's my responsibility to magnify the voice of the kayak anglers yeah. on my podcast, especially with all the time, people that follow you, right? Yeah. So and, I think that's cool. But it's not hate, you know, it's not like I want 
X, I want KBF or Hobie BOS or Bass Nation or even the All-American Kayak Series, which is in the top four, obviously. That's that's another national event that's What is um, that one? Ship. The All-American Kayak Series? Yeah, where they're, is that? They're pretty much in the central Midwest. They fish, they're coming to Texas for Lake Palestine this weekend, but they're mostly Wisconsin, Arkansas, Missouri area. Which is a Dude, little. I haven't even heard me. about them. Yeah, All American Kayak Series, and I haven't heard anything negative about it too. Oh, and wow! I think this is their second season. Do they allow season? motors? I don't know. I don't know. I want to say they do, but I really don't know. I'll have to look that up, man. I'm looking for a few no. more to fit my schedule this year. Well, there you go. I mean, the way you're winning money, you might as well. <laughs> I hope it continues, man. I hope it wasn't just some freak accident. Well, I mean. If you know, if, when we fish, sometimes it's more expensive. But when you win, it's actually in your case, it's actually more more income. No, but this yeah, is I'll... probably the most that I've made uh, fishing, probably all together of the last two years, and probably what more than my company's made starting up. So yeah, man, it's been really good <laughs> in three weeks. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, congratulations on that. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. man. Ex- excited to see. And again, I want every single trail, whether national or local, to succeed. But part of it is in a respectful manner, pointing out what they could be doing better. And I think that's just right. a responsibility. People a lot of times are like, well, what do you, why do we have to talk about this? What do we have? Like, it, the sense of being constructive criticism, giving opinions, I think it's okay. Now, if you're going to judge somebody's character based on what they're doing on a trail or insult, then that's a different matter. But yeah. I think it's important to say, we can't always pat people on the back for doing a mediocre job. Otherwise, nothing. That's right. Uh, and we all need constructive criticism, man. I don't care who you are, who you think you are. We all need it. You know, we all need change and we all need help. You know? Very true. And if, if you can't stand criticism, you're in the wrong line. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because everybody will nitpick everything you do on, on your videos on Instagram. And everything. Everything. But, man, Cody, congratulations. Um, Again, Hobie BOS, um, the KBF. I know Bass Nation or Bass Master Kayak Series wasn't the result that you wanted, but mm. you still fished it, um, and you did the best you could. Tough conditions. Like we said, only three people caught a two-day limit on that event. So, But they slayed them. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, there was the – talk about being top-heavy, like – yeah, what was it? The oh, weight was two hundred and three. Two hundred three. Yep. It was like two hundred like, something I inches. I would have thought, not as far as um, as far as total numbers to win. I would have thought it would have been flip side. I would have thought Toledo would have taken two hundred plus inches yeah. to win. And considering, you know, well, before we knew that the wind was going to be that bad, that kind of made a little bit more sense. Um, after the fact, but if if it wasn't for that, I would have thought, knowing what we knew was gonna was happening on on Lake Fort the the week following um uh, before the turn the tournament, I would have thought 170 inches would have won Toledo. I mean, would have won uh, Fork, and 200 inches would have won Toledo. It was actually flip side. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was thinking like Fork's gonna be like 180, 185. And then just because the cold front was there, we were in the middle of it. And then Toledo, I was like, it's going to easily take 97, 100 inches each day, you know. And then 
whenever it finished and I was I had people messaging me say, oh, hey, you're sitting in fifth only by an inch. I'm like, huh? Like, sweet. A lot of spotted bass too, man. I've caught a You caught spots? You caught a lot of spots? I caught a lot. Well, I didn't catch a lot of fish, but the fish that I caught pre-fishing and on tournament, um, I caught a lot more spotted bass than I did. Really? Bass. I, don't even, I don't even think there was a single spot up that river where I was at. Yeah, maybe not the river. Main lake, I think a yeah. lot of people got spotted. And I think that kind of explains why there were so many 70 and 60. Yeah, uh, smaller bags. Bags, because obviously spotted bass are not going to grow as big as largemouth bass. So yeah. Kind of explain it. But yeah, it was shock full of spotted bass where I was. Yeah. But Cody, before I let you go, man, I've, I've had you over for 45 minutes now. Um, quick shout out. Uh, where can people follow you on Instagram, social media, if you want them to follow you? Oh I yeah, know you have your your own custom lures bait. Feel free to plug them in. Um, any jack rods? Anybody else you want to thank? Go ahead, and take your time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. No, uh, if anyone does want to follow me, uh, my Instagram, my handle is Henley Custom Lures. Uh, it's just A-G-N-L-E-Y Custom, obviously, and then L-U-R-E-S. And uh, my name's under that, too, so I'm pretty sure you can type Cody Henley. And you can see all that as well. So same Facebook is a little different. My Facebook and whatever I post on Instagram, I usually just, it automatically goes to Facebook. I do have my company on the backside of my thing called Henley Custom Lures. And, uh, but that's really it. My Instagram, I don't really do the TikTok thing. I just started a YouTube. That's a lot harder than you think it is. Everyone yeah. is thinking about it. Holy cow, I'm struggling. I have over 15 videos. I'm just going to delete some of them. I just, it's too much, but it's just Cody Henley. I just named it Cody Henley and be easier for some people to find if my name ever does get, get around. But um, I definitely have to thank all my sponsors, man. They, without them, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have a rod or reel to fish with, you know, they have, have done so much for me. I wrote them down this time for anyone that I forgot, but uh, always yak rods. Literally, if you haven't tried them, like get on their website, check it out. Like you, you need to at least try their specialty rods. It's called the X Chatter or the Feast. Both of them are, are literally specially designed. They have, uh, I think it's a 10 inch handle. So it's a little bit shorter than typical, but not as short as their black line or their foundation line. And you can use uh, Henley 10 with no space at all. Just H-E-N-L-E-Y. And then the letter, not the letter, but the number 10. And that'll save you 10%. Not much, but it definitely adds up when you start uh, actually paying for everything. I think that with the discount is only like $245. I have four of them. They are the best rod in the world. And they are designed with the best products that you can possibly get across anywhere. I mean, they're all their, uh, all their graphite rods are made with like 40 ton, like the best that you can get. You know, they're the most sensitive rods I've ever, ever used. Uh, 13 Fishing, hands down the best reels that I've ever used. I used to be a huge Hypermag guy. And I was like, there's no way nothing's going to compare to a Hypermag. And uh, 
reached out to them, talked to them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give them a shot. And uh, loved them. Absolutely love them. I love my favorite is the TX2. Uh, but all of them are, are really phenomenal. They, their hard dates are sick, too. Holy cow. That uh, What's that hybrid? The one that's got a jackhammer? The jaw, jabber jaw. I don't know if anyone's ever saw trod that, but that thing's pretty sick. Um, Dakota lithium, literally no questions asked to me. Like I was, I did 27 miles on my Newport vessels one day and literally still had 27% battery when I got home. And I don't think I even a couple of my buddies ran out of batteries at 19 to 20 miles. You know, it was just unreal what Dakota lithium and how they take care of us and what they do for us. Uh, kayak cushion, hands down. I don't have to tell anybody about that. If you ain't, you don't have one, you're, you're missing out and your back's missing out. I have a really bad back and I still have a really bad back, but it, it has helped me so much on the water and be able to sit there all day long for 10 to 12 hours. Uh, P-line, no questions asked. P-line best for me, best. I think the best in the world. I swapped for a while. I, I tried Seaguar. I tried, uh, there's a new one, Sunline. And don't get me wrong, they're really good lines. All of them are really good lines when you get up in that high dollar line. But I had so many fish break off, so many boat flips where I'd literally go to, and I just, I'm a, I'm a boat flip freak. And I just, I'm not a netter. I just can't figure the net thing out, dude. I suck at netting fish. And uh, I just swapped back to P line this year. And oh man, I'm, I'm so impressed. A lot of people complain about the memory, it does have memory. But with memory comes strength, you know, and that's why they're ranked number one strength line on the market. I mean, literally all you have to do if you get any memory, run out to a tree, hook your lure up on a tree or a fence, go out and stretch your line for as tight as you can. It pulls all that memory out. I literally mm-hmm. just learned that not long ago from a guy named Adam McCluskey, one of my really, really good friends that we travel the world. Uh, battle baits. We talked about battle baits last night. This dude is just absolutely phenomenal with his jigs. It's, I'm more impressed with the spinners than I've ever been impressed with anything, especially the way his head and his mold, his design. It literally, it's almost designed like six cents and it's shaped like that, except he doesn't use no rubber band. You know, he literally everything is hand tied with just amazing stuff, man. He's, he's got some new uh, cool underspins that y'all have to check out. Uh, literally, you run, uh, it's a little eyelet, mm-hmm. and you put two keepers in front of it, and it's got a spinner on it, like as far from the distances you want from your line in front of your hook, and you can just throw a normal EWG hook on it, and your swim bait action triples. Instead of it just swimming and kicking, literally the whole body rotates, and it's got so many more bites for me. Uh, rogue fishing, like I said, I just jumped on board with them. They have some of the best tethering tools possible for your phone. Anything you want, man. They have all the tethers you need. They have also like clothes and hats and stuff like that. Uh, and of course, my freaking motor is unreal. The Newport vessels, like I was going to get the, the Torquedo and I just, I'm not going to say anything bad about Torquedo, but it was just a lot of weight going on the back of my kayak. And I'm already so heavy back there. So I just decided to go a different route and uh, join their team. And I am so impressed. When that thing showed up, it was a little bit smaller, like half the size of the Torquedo. I'm like, 
this thing isn't even going to move me. That son of a gun will push that boat at five one, five two miles an hour all nice. day long. And of course, Yak Attack, man, they've helped me out so much in so many different situations. So, but I really, I think that's it, man. I, I couldn't do any of this without them. And of course, God up above, man, he's, he's yeah. like, I can't remember who that was. That he's every one of our sponsors. I'm pretty yeah. sure Chad or G Money, G Money, G uh, uh, Guillermo said that. So. Yeah. I thought Sounds like cool. something Jumbo we said. I know. Yeah, I thought that was super yeah. cool, man. I stole it from him. Yeah, definitely a great ambassador to support Guillermo as well. Man, congratulations on all your sponsors. You've really earned it. Um, you know what you do on and off the water. Um, and again, thank you for the opportunity to talking again and telling us about you know your success on the ten. We look forward to seeing what you do on the water and best of luck moving forward, man. I appreciate it, man. Hopefully, I'll see you again pretty soon. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> this, hopefully I won't come last this time, but. I'll be sure to stay. You're a, hey, yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, for those out there listening, thank you so much for tuning into the Bass Kayak and Beers. Thanks to you again for our sponsor, Douglas Vaught. Go check out douglasoutdoors.com to find out there about their full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and fly fishing rods. And if you're going to be on the water, wear your PFTs. Take care, everyone. Have a great day.